0: From the Yard Dogs Podcast Studio. Studio. A show for the fans by the fans. (laughs) Talking all things Cleveland Browns. From our mic to your ears. To your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand
1: and Mikey P. Yes, and welcome to the Yard Dogs Podcast, a show for the fans, by the fans. I'm your host, Jason Hand. You can find me on Twitter, at Browns Huddle. You can also find this podcast on Twitter, at Yard Dogs Pod. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan, have a story to tell, and would like to share it, hit us up on Twitter. Our DMs are wide open. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review, and please share this show because sharing the show helps more than you'll ever know. We are streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. For those of you who can't watch this show live, we have you covered. You can find the Yard Dogs podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. While you're there, give us a follow, and that way we'll remind you every time a new episode is available. Well, joining me tonight is the one and only, my co-pilot, partner in crime, Mikey P. You can find him on Twitter at Mikey P422. Mikey, how are we doing tonight, man? Uh, we're doing great. Jason, how are you doing tonight? Um, just to
2: uh feels a little weird, you know, actually. Uh I'm used to coming off of a win or a loss, and then you're focusing on the next game. Yeah. Um, And it's the end of the season and we're not moving on to the playoffs. So it's like a weird feeling. You know, I kind of got spoiled last year with planning and and getting ready for a wild card uh, game to not have that this year after ending, you know, ending the the season with a win. um, It definitely feels weird. So it's going to take some getting used to for sure. How about yourself?
1: I am doing great. I feel great. I, you know, I had that sinus infection for a couple weeks and I'm, I'm, I'm on the tail end of that. So, so health wise, I'm feeling good. I, I find myself a little bit relieved that the Brown season is over. I'm, I'm looking forward to the off season, looking forward to free agency, the draft. Uh, I'm, I'm happy, excited that we're going to be covering it all this off season, Mikey P. So that's where I'm at, man.
2: Yep. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be a big and important offseason for sure. Lots of important things discussed, the draft, free agency, you know, what the roster looks like going in the next season. Um, you know, we even got the uh they we've already gotten the 2022 list of opponents uh out, uh which you know, we'll eventually get into that too. Also, um so big things coming down the pipe um for the Browns, a uh, big key offseason and uh hopefully it'll lead to a bounce back season, but you mentioned it feeling like a, a long season, and that one extra game really did make it feel uh, – you even made mention the other day when you uh, said to me, you were like, doesn't it feel like the playoffs should be this weekend? And uh, normally it would have been, uh, but in you know, that one extra game definitely did make things different this year.
1: No doubt. Well, Mikey P., we have a special guest tonight, and we're going to go ahead and bring him in the room right now, actually. And that guest – Joining us, this is a guy that I was. I'm excited about joining us tonight. Is Mike? Uh, I'm sorry, Chad Patterson. We wrote together. I think it was uh, Mayfield's rookie year uh, back in 2018. Yep. We wrote together at Browns Access. Um, I very much value Chad's opinion on Twitter and. I, I was surprised to see that he's still writing because I got a DM. <laughs> Chad's in the show, viewers can see him now, but I, I got a DM from a listener last week just saying he enjoyed the show. And then later, he sent me a DM just a little while after that. And he goes, Hey, man check this article out. I, th- I think with everything that's going on with the Browns, you'd really enjoy this read. So mm-hmm. I clicked on it and I see Chad Patterson's name as the yeah. author. So I read through it. It was awesome. I I, I quickly DM Chad said, Hey man, loved your article. Would you mind coming on the show and, and talk about it? Because everything in that article is relevant right now. He wrote it after the Steelers game. I, I'll preface it by saying that, but Chad Patterson, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Chad P seventy one. Chad, welcome to the Yard Dogs Podcast.
0: Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on again. That's been fun the last time. This ought to be really good.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we uh, had you on last season for season one. I don't remember at what point of the season that it was, but uh, I know we had a good talk. We always do. So I was I was I'm really excited to have you on again.
2: Absolutely. Definitely glad to have you on tonight.
1: So um, before we get into uh, the, the article, Mikey P and Chad, if you'll uh, entertain us for a second, just like just sit tight. Mikey P, Hi. we had a contest last year for our viewers. We wanted to thank everybody for being a supporter of the Yard Dogs podcast. So we had a Browns hoodie giveaway on We're Sunday dead. morning before the game, and we opened it up on our Facebook page, also on our Twitter page, we had a lot of people enter. That's all you had to do was like the post. Um, it was just basically our our thank you. So what we want to do, I, I I told everybody that we would do a live drawing on this show. So what I've done... I did it old school way. I know there's technology you can, <laughs> you know, kind of just put them in some kind of virtual wheel and it'll it'll pick yeah. out the winner. I don't know how to do that. So I just wrote everybody down on a piece of paper. Yes, and, those, uh, are, those
2: are a bag of names. It's not BC powder. It's a
1: remember. bag of names. It's nothing illegal. It's uh, <laughs> just to keep them all together. So I'm going to put this in this Browns um, hat here. I've got all the entries here and I'll go ahead and draw it out. These are all the, the uh, from Facebook and Twitter, this person is going to get a free Browns hoodie. After the show, we'll, we'll send you a message either on Facebook or Twitter and uh, let you know that you won. We'll get the size from you and get that sent out. So are you ready, Mikey P? I'm ready. Chad, I'm are you ready for this? Let's do it. It's always good to give something something away to our listeners and viewers. So I'm going to go ahead and mix this all up here on the camera. There we go. Mix it all up. I don't know who's who's in there. Drum roll. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, here we go. We got the winner. And this is this is a person that's been a guest on our show recently, Mikey okay. P. He's a supporter of the Yard Dogs podcast. I'm gonna give you a guess. Um, he's a lawyer. We've had a couple lawyers on. You'll get oh, a 50-50 wow. shot. Is it Brojo? Like, Brojo Death Punch. <laughs> At Brojo Bro Death Punch on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's a comedian, a great Browns fan. He's also a lawyer. If you get in trouble in the New Jersey, New York area, he'll, he'll, he'll get you out. But yeah, Brojo Death Punch wins the free Browns hoodie. So we'll, I'll, I'll send him a DM after this show. He might even be watching now. I don't yeah. know. He's the, he's
2: the only guest we've ever had on that stands the whole time.
1: He stands the whole time there you go yeah he doesn't sit down chad he he stands the (laughs) entire time and he's very very entertaining and And he he knows he knows the stuff
2: the the funny story about him uh is he chose this life it didn't choose him he chose the browns as a football team so it's like most of us are either born into it or there's some type of family tie or a region tie or anything he actually handpicked Cleveland Browns to be his football team and when he did it we weren't it wasn't like he picked it in the uh the 80s right this was this was in in uh circa 2000 so it wasn't he was he picked us at the epitome of uh some bad years for sure you got to respect people like that man because it'd be easy
0: to go to you know I can just pick up. oh they're they're winning now I'll just be that team now mm-hmm. if you if you ride with them the whole time nothing but respect for people like that man
2: yeah, it's
1: awesome. Well, Chad, uh, at the beginning of the show, Mikey P and I had referenced that the season is over. The Browns just played their last game against the Bengals. We we ended it with a win, but the season's over right now. And my question to you, Chad and Mikey P, what are your off-season plans like? What what do you guys do when there's no Browns football? Do you guys more family time. I think that's probably a good one. Uh, projects around the house. Um, do you do you watch other sports? What do you guys typically do in the off season when you're not watching the Cleveland Browns? I'll start with you, Chad.
0: Um. Yeah, I'm really bad. So what <laughs> what what I'll start off doing is I kind of follow the same line with what Andrew Barry does. Um, I'll look at the roster and then evaluate every player on the roster um get through february uh think about you know where they could get better at and stuff like that now mind you i do start my summer projects too because i gotta squeeze those in mm-hmm. but for the month of march and april it is 100 draft and it's every night after work it's all day saturday it's all day sunday because I'll, I'll build my draft i'll start building my draft board for the year and um I try to watch two games at least for every player, plus all highlights or whatever I could find. So I I try to watch the best game that Mm -hmm. they've had and then the worst game that they've had. And you kind of get a real good idea, and then I'll watch the Senior Bowl and the Combine and all that. So um, I don't really start my projects until after the draft because then that's my week's vacation too, and my birthday is always on the draft. So I take a week off that week every year, and my boss makes fun of me for it because he's like, <laughs> "You seriously take off for the draft?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, it's kind of a tradition as a Browns fan." So, you, you know, so to,
2: you, so you're an April baby then too, Chad? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm the twenty second. So,
0: all right, I'm the thirtieth.
2: Okay, yeah. So yeah, I'm usually up around draft day. They always say yeah. it's, like, it's it's my birthday oh, and man. draft week."
0: My boss thinks it's the most hilarious thing in the world. He's like, everybody takes off to go to Florida or, (laughs) you know, somewhere and you take off to sit at home and watch the NFL draft. I'm like, yeah, I got problems. I can't help
2: it, but it is what it is. (laughs) Now last year, were you, were you, did you ever, did you get to make it to the draft at all? No, because um, we weren't
0: sure how everything was going to play out. And um, man, you didn't believe how quick all the rooms were taken. Oh, wow. So we're, we're like, all right, no big deal. We'll stay, you know, 30 miles out. It's no big deal. Uh, well, then you didn't know if you were going to be able to get an Uber ride back to the hotel, you know, and then you can't walk 30 miles. No. So <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that was, oh, my gosh, we thought we were going to, you know, but no, they had sold out so fast that, you know, I, I was so excited to go and there was no rooms to be had.
3: Oh, wow. So yeah.
0: I didn't end up getting to go. I was pretty disappointed. That's the
2: downfall
0: to living
2: four hours away from Cleveland. So yeah, you know. Yep, uh, we we can speak to that being what are we what are we ten eleven hours now?
1: Well, am I driving or are you driving? <laughs> well, If I'm
2: driving, it's eleven.
1: Oh well, me too. Okay, <laughs> I'm <laughs> not the fastest driver. I'm not. The, yeah. I'm not the fastest driver, and I, I got to stop a couple times. <laughs> right. What, what about you, Mikey P? What's your off season moves here?
2: Well, they're already starting this weekend. Like I, I had already promised my wife that we would have a uh, a kid-free dinner, so we're doing that this Saturday and kickoff of playoff weekend. Um, and then I get into you know I'll watch I'll watch the playoffs and keep up with that. And then you know I also have um, we do a lot of stuff with our Browns backers club in the off season. Like we got to prep for like we have the polar plunge coming up here first week in February, so we'll get ready for that stuff I want to do around the house. You know, we got to get ready for our end-of-the-year party. Um, That'll probably be April. It's usually like March or April, sometimes May. Um, And then we also do a draft event, too. So Um, even though football season is technically over, it's it's still ongoing. So what I do is I make sure that the weekends I'm not doing something around that uh, is dedicated to the wife and kids. Very
1: good. Yeah. I I usually – I, I'm not as like you, Chad. I, I, I respect what you do as far as uh, paying attention to the draft and, and research all the players. And honestly, that makes me want to even pay attention to what you're saving even, even more You know, when you put that kind of homework into it. Um, I usually do a lot of projects around the house, uh, get reacquainted with my family. Right. <laughs> um, I always look forward to Daytona. That's that's usually right after that's the Super one. Bowl. It's usually a weekend or two after the Super Bowl. I think the following weekend. But I usually look forward to that, and I'll I'll usually watch three or four weeks of NASCAR before that kind of peters out. You know, as far as me right. being interested in it. It's a good thing um, you
2: spoke of NASCAR. I'm I'm a big NASCAR fan too. Like uh, there's I follow you know I always have like a Ohio tie to everything, and um, I follow Dave Blaney, uh, who's who's from Columbus. Originally, um, I follow his son, of course, Ryan Blaney now. So if if any Ohio fans are looking for that connection, Ryan Blaney would be your guy.
1: Well, there you go. I'm a Denny yeah. Hamlin fan. I like him. Yeah, that's a
2: local Virginia
1: kid. Yep, that's right. So, Chad, um, I wanted to bring you on tonight to ba- – basically, I want to discuss the, the article and the content – of that article that that you wrote this is following the Steelers game I thought yep. it was well written um so I thought we'd just go through that tonight there's a lot of great talking points that we can hit on that's revel- relevant right now uh, yep. with what what's going on with the Browns um but before we start what what can the audience find um In this article, like what's, what's the, the, what, what was the main purpose of writing this article, um, that you published, um, I think the day after the Steelers game.
0: It was actually to, uh, to take all the emotion out Mm -hmm. of, out of it. And, um, so what I always try to do is whatever I post on Twitter, that's mostly emotions for me, um, where I'm hyped up, but when I write, uh, it's important to me and it's just how I am, is to be one objective. Look at both sides. Look at all angles. Um, uh, try to not be too biased um, and, and then give my opinion on both ways without any emotion as if I wasn't necessarily a Browns fan. Um, so I can separate the two. Twitter, who knows? Well, I, a lot of times I just type stuff and hit post, and it is what it is. But when I write, I sit down and really think deeply about what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say, it, and then Rob, my, the guy that edits all my stuff, will help me fine tune it to make it clear, to try to present a clear picture of, okay, take all the emotion out and just let's look at the facts and deal with them on, on whatever the Brown situation may be. Um, I had stopped writing for a long time because, you know, Brown's access quit. Um, I just didn't have the heart to get into it anymore after that. But I felt this, I felt that I needed to say something with so much emotion out there and so much talk. I just wanted to hopefully present a clear voice that's different than what everybody else was saying. And with, without, you know, okay, here, here's what I, here's what I think. If you look at the logical decisions that the Browns need to make right now, and there's a lot more that I didn't write that goes with that. But once I got to 2,000 words, I was like, "Okay, that's probably good enough." You know, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: So this is kind of nice. It might give me an opportunity to explain a little bit more.
2: Right. Now, something, something definitely you may mention is, uh, you know, with your article is you looked at it from both sides and, and different viewpoints and and all these different scenarios. And I think sometimes us as fans. And I've even been guilty of it. I mean, I've checked that Jason, you know, during the middle of the game, like you say, cut this guy or fire this guy. And you're like, right, wait a second. You're like, that's that's irrational thinking. Like, nobody sits there and just goes, oh, I'm, I, we're firing this guy. We're going to cut this guy tomorrow. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into to everything. Even in the regular, in, you know, work world. Like, you don't just up and just tell someone, oh, get out. You know, like, there's, right. there's things that lead up to that. Um, so for you to put that viewpoint out there and the way you wrote the article, is very articulate. And I really appreciate it and loved it because there are so many fans right now that feel like they got to dig themselves in the, in the dirt and like have a stance. Like I'm Baker till I die. I'm Baker's got to go anti Baker. Whatever he does is, is, is the end of the world. It's the worst thing ever. Um, and it's like, sometimes people don't like think rationally, like, we're not even processing like we we talked about this a little bit jason before the show like we look at the browns and we don't realize that there's there's people in play these are these are human beings Uh, beings. like everyone's brought up you know the russell wilson like oh go out and just trade for russell wilson like nobody's put any thought process like he has a no trade clause so he's got to approve any trade he's got probably roots laid down out there in seattle now he's got kids that are in school like you have to sometimes think about like, think of yourself in those situations. And um, I think like the way you write and everything, it it, it makes you understand and kind of think those things through.
0: Yeah. The Russell Wilson one was kind of funny. And I, I mean, it doesn't take much to do a little bit of research to see what kind of life does Russell Wilson live. He's got two small, he's got two small kids in school. um, You know, happy family uh, loves his wife, loves his family. Great dad. Um, everything you want in a franchise quarterback is Russell Wilson. He also has a beautiful mansion that he's lived in for a long time. And he's been in one system that he's done really well in. Um, and he has the no trade clause for a reason. What's that reason? He don't want to leave. I mean, if he didn't care, he would have never put the no trade in there. Correct. Um, the Seahawks, Love Russell Wilson. Why would you not? You don't trade Russell Wilson. That doesn't make any sense. That's what you do when you're rebuilding the entire franchise. And the Seahawks are not at that position yet. And if you're trading Russell Wilson, that means he no longer gives you a chance to win football games. That's the only reason why you trade Russell Wilson. So why would a 34-year-old GM who's two years in want to trade for a franchise quarterback who's at the end of his time that the Seahawks no longer believe he can win football games. And then why would he want to pack up his family and move from Seattle all the way to Cleveland at the end of his career? Mm -hmm. That's not logical. Um, If you're going to do that, if he's going to do that, he's going to want to play against the Seahawks because he's going to want to rub it in their faces. Absolutely. He's going to want to stay. You know what I mean? He's going to want to stay in the NFC. That's what he knows. You don't go away from what you know normally. And you don't go to a franchise that let's be honest, we have a shirt, a jersey with 30 quarterbacks names on it. And we have that for a reason, it's because all those quarterbacks tried and didn't and failed. And and everybody keeps saying, "Well, we got a stacked roster." Well, yeah, we do. Until you take on a contract like that, because Andrew Barry's going to have to give up a ton of draft picks to get him, mm-hmm. and he, he's not going to do that. That's never going to happen. Um, that goes against everything that he believes in. Uh, and then you are going to have to pay a salary, and then Seahawks are going to have to take the dead cap hit, and then I, I mean, come on, that doesn't—that's—that doesn't happen in the NFL. I mean, Tom Brady left the Patriots because his contract was up and they couldn't keep him. They didn't trade him away. Mm -hmm. And they had a chance. They had a chance. They had Jimmy Garoppolo. He was the heir apparent. They knew Brady was going to leave. And they still didn't trade him. They traded Jimmy G away. So, I mean, um, I I just was a little shocked by the whole Russell Wilson thing. But that's, that's my opinion and you know i mean i guess it still could happen i i just i don't see how that would be a logical choice for andrew barry
2: no and it's 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 not always logical to make rash decisions and choices like that because you know a lot of these guys say like you know they're saying aaron Rodgers wanted out of green bay and and maybe all everything that Aaron Rodgers did was to get what he wanted and get guys like Randall Cobb back on the roster, and he was even trying to get right. Matthew's back on the roster. And and maybe now they look at things and, and change their mindset where they're like, hey, we need to make sure we do everything we can to make sure he doesn't leave. Um, right. And Seattle's and, in the in the same same situation, and and not to mention, you know, um, they're going to do what Russell Wilson wants to do at this point so if russell wilson decides that pete carroll is probably is no longer the the head coach for them then then they would they would move on from him exactly and it's it's just i i think sometimes we get lost in this world of like there's a lot of people that play grew up playing madden where you can just go make these arbitrary trades and uh they they see the uh the the nba how superstars get traded all the time in the nba and it just you go back in the history of the nfl there's not a lot of there's not a, a lot of history like that matthew stafford trade even this year was kind of out of the blue but that was just a right. situation where he just you know at this point i'm i'm, I'm done playing for you guys like they were probably right. afraid he was gonna they were probably afraid he was gonna just up and retire
0: and and that is and aaron Rodgers played that card too correct and then that's so let's take the Aaron Rodgers trade. He just bought, what was it 2019? He just bought like a mega mansion in California.
3: Mm-hmm. It's no,
0: it's no secret he wants to play for the 49ers That's, I mean, that's not a secret. No. Uh, he has, he has a house in California. um So even if like the Packers did want to trade him, Aaron Rodgers controls that, mm-hmm. and he, you know, because all he's got to do is say I'm going to retire. He did it last year, mm-hmm. and. Once again, what can you imagine if the Texans are asking for four first-round <laughs> picks for Deshaun Watson? Could you imagine what the Green Bay Packers would want for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, let's be real here. What seven first-round draft picks?
2: They're going to ask for a king's ransom.
0: Yeah, and they'll get it if he was to get. You know, some team will make that mistake of doing that, and I, to me, it's a mistake. And that's once again. It goes back to RGM is 34 years old and only two years in. He's not 64 years old at the end of his career, looking to go out on a high note. We're at the beginning of the process, not the end of the process.
2: No. And the Rams are in a different situation too. I mean, they were they they've looked at they've realized like they have no no first round picks for through what like 2025. I think at this point now. (laughs) uh yeah. they're missing multiple uh mid-round picks also like they know the future is is now and this year and maybe next year is their is their window and then after that they're gonna have to blow that thing up right um, i don't think we're we're in that type of situation where we would have to to go out and do that
0: no and i, I my, my point on or on uh andrew barry was is that um everybody looks at this team as it being four or five years in to this process are the fans. I don't say everybody cause I don't want to put everybody a group that that's wrong. I, I shouldn't have said that a large number of people mm-hmm. see this as being five or four years into this process. Well, that's not the case. Everything that happened prior to Andrew Barry becoming GM doesn't matter now he uses that film and study to get an idea on players obviously because you would do that even if the player was on another team Mm -hmm. but but he doesn't hold what happened prior to being logical here i mean and you would do the same thing um you want to hire somebody who worked for a company who went bankrupt and, and and went out of business well you wouldn't hold that against the employee what happened there because you didn't have any part in training that right now you could find out maybe this was a really bad employee gotten a lot of trouble suspended all the time now that you would look at as saying okay yeah that was on him so there he's not going to hold what happened prior to him becoming gm on the staff that they have now the other the other narrative that is uh i like seeing going around right now is that andrew barry is not tied to Baker Mayfield, because he didn't draft him. That's what everybody's saying, right? Or not everybody. Once again, a lot of people are saying
3: mm-hmm. um,
0: that's actually that's actually wrong. Um, the day week one, once Andrew Barry became the GM of the Cleveland Browns, week one he is now responsible and tagged to every single person that was on that roster.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if he makes a decision to trade Baker Mayfield, let's say. And Baker Mayfield goes to, I, I guess Washington was the latest of the teams that that was they were going to offer something or whatever. So he goes to goes to the the team with no name, and they look good. I mean, they got picks, they got good players on offense. Their defense is outstanding. And then he ends up uh, trading Baker and then goes out and gets Cody Kessler, just a different name. Baker blows it up in Washington. Cody Kessler doesn't do anything with the Browns because we're, once again, going back to the absolute zero and starting at the bottom again with a quarterback. Because, you know, he's not going to get Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to get Russell Wilson. There's absolutely no way in the world that he's going to trade for Deshaun Watson. That's not going to happen.
1: And just to be clear, you're not saying actual Cody Kessler. You're, no, excuses. I'm saying you're, a, you're using him as... Example and the reason
0: the reason why I'm using Cody Kessler as an example is because Andrew Berry was part of drafting Cody Kessler Mm
1: -hmm. with
0: Sashi Brown. Right. Um. Uh. It it, Cody Kessler wasn't an out of left field crazy draft pick. It was an analytical pick. The kid was great. um, Played in a good program. Was very confident. uh, His completions were high. He just didn't have the mental toughness to be a Cleveland Browns football player. And, you know, and, and, and I do it too. I post stats all the time. But it takes something special to play for the Cleveland Browns. This is not any other ordinary football team. We've we got to overcome a lot of dysfunction. you got to have mentally tough players that can come to Cleveland and play against really freaking good football teams. The Steelers are not a joke. The Ravens are not a joke. The Bengals are not a joke. This is a nasty division. There's no easy give me here. Nope. And we don't have any you know Jaguars in this division. No, we don't. And we're not going to either. Cause each team's going to and I don't care what happens to the Ravens. I don't know how they do it. They find a way. It don't matter. Um, and they're de- and every defense is rock solid. And so you got to have a mentally tough quarterback that's going to be able to handle all that, be able to play in the cold, be able to play, you know, in the rain. Uh, I remember sitting in First Energy Stadium and, my God, it's raining so hard you can't see straight, you know, because it's coming off the hood of my rain suit. Um, <laughs> you know, those are the kind of uh, things that it's going to be difficult for Andrew Barry to find anytime soon, especially not having the first draft pick. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Send Baker off to Washington. He goes to a stable program. Ron Rivera's a good coach. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he drafts the wrong guy. Does he have a job tomorrow? No. No. And is he tied to Baker Mayfield? Oh, yeah. Every sports a caster on every channel from here to Ken buck two will be screaming, same old Browns
3: mm-hmm. in a
0: heartbeat. And look at what they did. They traded the next Drew Brees. Now, I'm not saying that Baker Mayfield is the answer. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But you he tied himself to Baker Mayfield when he took the job and he let him start week one.
3: Mm-hmm. Once he
0: did that, it, he is it's the same as drafting him. And I, I think people kind of lose track of that, is that just because Andrew Barry didn't draft him, he's not tied to him. No, nah, he's tied to him. He's tied to him forever. He's tied to every single player that he has a hand in moving, signing, releasing, contract extension, the whole nine yards. And, and, once again, Andrew Barry's not coming into this looking like, oh, I've been here for four years. No, he's like, oh no, I've been here for two years. Mm-hmm. First year, build the offensive line. Second year, build the defense.
3: What if
0: this had been a three-year plan from the get-go? I mean, wouldn't that make sense? I'm going to do the offense first. I'm going to do the defense second. Third year, I'm going to fine-tune my football team. Now I'm going to put it out onto. the – to the field and see where we're at and um if you listen to him talk that's and you look at the contracts that he's writing that kind of fits the whole the whole time was that this has always been a three-year plan yeah they want to make the playoffs i mean they don't want to lose nobody wants to lose those rounds are done that's never going to happen again but he's also going to be realistic about it He's going to be upset, just like you're upset, I'm upset. You know, I was upset too. God, I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I was mad when he threw an interception. I I get mad. I throw stuff in my house too. But I also got to be rational and think about the long-term effects of the football team if he does something crazy when the guy's already proven he can play in the NFL. Right. You know, now is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No. But have the Browns been the best team in the NFL? No. You know, it's not like the Ravens who built their entire football team around Lamar Jackson or the Buffalo Bills who built their entire football team around Josh Allen. Um, those are stable, long-term franchises that are in multiple years in the same system where Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield, you know, and I don't want to keep running off, so I'll, I'll let you guys go. For no,
1: this th- this is good stuff. So, ah after the season ended, it's all over Brown's Twitter. You basically, I don't know the percentages of it, but I'm just going to, for argument's sake, we're going to say half the fan base wants Baker Mayfield out of the building. I don't think it's that high, but let's just say it's 50. Let's just say it's half, half of the, the other half of the fan base wants uh, Baker Mayfield to get healthy and, and see what he can do, you know, on his fifth year with the team. We've seen on, on Brown's Twitter, I don't know, if Chad, there's a thing called Spaces on, on Twitter. Uh, that's been blowing up. Um, you know, People have been going on there, and they've been talking about wh- what would the Browns look like without Baker Mayfield? What would a trade look like? Who would we go after? And that's one of the reasons why I liked your article, because you, you named some quarterbacks that, that were options. Um, we've yeah. already talked about a couple with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson – the what are some of the names that you're hearing as an option let's say that the the that Andrew Berry does decide that we're going to move on from Baker Mayfield we're going to trade him what what are some of the names that you're hearing as real options and let's talk about that
0: okay um, i i haven't really uh, the, the names that have been on the top of the list don't make any sense which is Deshaun Watson. That's not going to happen. Come on. Andrew Barry's not trading for Deshaun Watson. The guy's got 23 criminal charges against him. It's that there's no way that's not the that's not the culture that Andrew Barry's trying to build in Cleveland. Um, And someone who's
2: analytics driven is going to factor all that in.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, that's not. So the next one would be Derek Carr. Seriously. The Raiders are not trading Derek Carr to an AFC team. That would be absolutely insane. And if they did, do you remember what the Bengals wanted for A.J. McCarron? Times 10 to get Derek Carr to go to another AFC team that we're going to play the next year. That's the other thing. If you're trading your quarterback – you don't trade him to a team you're going to play the next year. That would be insane because the last thing you want as a GM is to have the quarterback you just moved on from light you up in a game. That's automatic. The owner's going to be on yeah. the phone going, what in the heck just happened? And come on. I so, mean, he's
1: in the playoffs right now. I don't even see the Raiders even moving on from him. The, the no. only
2: scenario where they move on from him is if there is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where – and, and I don't think Rogers is a factor because it's, it's Vegas. It's not right. California. If Russell Wilson says Vegas is a great place, we go there and vacation all the time. We've always wanted yep. to live there. That's a place I'd really like to go um, uh, finish my career at. I can, I can play indoors, you know, eight times a year at least. Um, or somehow the Raiders uh, – you know, because obviously, you know they're going to have maybe a new head coach, possibly, or or new or new GM. Even we don't know what's going to go on with the Raiders. It's a weird situation still. Um Somehow, all of a sudden, uh, Deshaun Watson is a possibility for them. And, and you know, a guy like Mark Davis is willing to make a big splash. Like someone like right. him, who's traded away a Khalil Mack for multiple first round picks wouldn't be afraid to to give up multiple first round picks for a guy like Deshaun Watson. If They think that Derek Carr has taken him as far as. They can go right, um, but those are really the only scenarios where I see them moving on from them. Like you're just not going to, you don't move on from a, a guy who uh, plays above 500 ball and is taking you. What to, it's the second time he's taken them to the playoffs. He didn't get to play in the playoffs game last time because he he got hurt. He was out right here.
0: So once mm-hmm. again, if you're gonna if you're gonna give up four picks for Deshaun Watson with the charges that he's dealing with, you're gonna get at least thir- three first rounds for Derek Carr. Yeah. And if you're going to an NFC or an AFC team, then you're definitely going to try to get four. Mm-hmm. What Russell Wilson would make sense if they'd switch out, but Russell Wilson just came out yesterday and said, "No, I don't want to leave Seattle." Why would he? You know, these guys don't want to keep relocating. No. His wife is friends with other players' wives on that football team. She don't want to leave her friends. You know, and I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people to understand or is that. Um, You know it's not just about the player man it's about his significant other who also has roots there Mm -hmm. but that's so getting through all the names and everything the most logical choice if andrew berry wanted to in essence cut ties with baker mayfield in a way that wouldn't hurt him in the long run would be mitchell trubisky who will be a free agent he's not going to cost a lot of money he can easily, Andrew, because this is optics, too. I mean, there's got to be some optics. It's, there's got to look like he's making a rational decision, which he's one of the smartest men in football, so he will. But um, so you want to make a rational decision that's easy to sell to the football team. It's easy to sell to the fans. And he can say, look, we, they did do a lot of work on Mitchell Trubisky. He was mm-hmm. in consideration to go in, instead of Miles Garrett. That was a real discussion. And um, he could say, look, we're, we're going to move on from Baker Mayfield. Uh, we feel like that we're going to give Mitchell Drabisky a chance. This would give him a chance also to reset the football team and mm-hmm. prepare one more year and then next, then the next year take a quarterback that's actually his quarterback. Once again, you've just told everybody in the organization, you've just told all your players, Mayfield's the guy. How many times have the Browns broken the trust with the players, the fans, by saying one thing and then doing another? And I think sometimes fans forget what it's like to hurt. Your body hurts so bad because you've been, in essence, hit with a baseball bat on a Sunday. And you got to get up Monday morning and you got to go rehab. And whether you like it or not, you got to go hit the weight room, and you got to hit it hard. There ain't no baby push ups. I'm gonna do five and call it a day, and go have a latte and watch TV. No, you're in there moving serious weight, and and I and you do you're doing that five six days a week. You're running. You got to keep your cardio up. So you got a player is saying, I'm giving my body my time. My effort, yeah, you're getting paid, yeah. Yeah, here's what getting paid does. That guy's got to go work out in that gym knowing that he's got a brand-new Porsche sitting outside and a luxury home to go to. And if the team isn't going to be straight up and honest with him about who they believe can help them take them to the next level, then how do you trust them? And I think Andrew Barry would never break that trust with the players. Um, He made a statement today. Baker Mayfield's our quarterback. I just don't see how he would break that trust back with him. And I could be wrong. I might be wrong about all this. I, I don't I don't have a crystal ball that tells me my information. I right. listen to what – you know what I'm saying? I listen to what they say. And you've got to start building that trust again with everybody.
1: What about um, Jimmy Garoppolo? We haven't brought his name up. I, I've been hearing that, that he could be an option – As far as bringing him to Cleveland, what are your thoughts or do you have any thoughts about Jimmy G?
0: Well, once again, um, I I forget, and I don't have the information that I might be able to find here in a minute, but how old exactly is Jimmy Garoppolo?
2: Maybe 30, maybe getting close to 30, 28, maybe. Actually,
0: yeah, he's he's 30 years old.
2: 30, yeah, okay.
0: So he's 30 years old and you've got a GM that's two years in and Jimmy Garoppolo has been in the NFL for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight years. Mm-hmm. Would you stake your job on him when you're only two years in?
1: I mean, no matter who he you know, if he decides to keep Baker Mayfield or brings in Jim, Jimmy G or someone else or Mitch Trubisky, he's st- he's taking his job on either one of those. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, yeah, so it's, it's not would... an easy decision. Like, we're not no. sitting here and saying this is easy, this is not easy. I mean, um, so go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say,
2: I to me, I look at Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield, and oh, you mentioned like I've heard people say, like, bring in a Mitch Trubisky or a, or a Marcus Mariota. And I'm looking at those are two also first first round quarterbacks that mm-hmm. their teams moved on from. Um, to me, they're 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 one A, one B, one C, one D, and it's like if if I have one A, why am I gonna move on and give up assets for one D? You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And it and it, he, he I mean,
0: so if you look at the logical point of view on all this, in my opinion. Uh, wouldn't the best case scenario be to put, to build the football team around what is already established, what the players have already bought into Baker Mayfield. That is their guy. They are friends. Their wives spend time together. They are human beings just like we are, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I've sacrificed, it would be like this saying this, uh, I have sacrificed my body for Baker Mayfield. And now you're just going to move on with him when we're only two years into this, after he played the whole season hurt for us,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: you know? So Andrew Barry's best option would be play out this year with Baker Mayfield. And then I've also seen bring in competition. Here's the problem. The minute Andrew Barry makes a move that looks like he's trying to replace Baker Mayfield, who, then it's over. You might as well just move on from him. Don't. Yeah.
2: The fan, I mean, base, would, the fan base would just, it would be ever just, stopping because all it's going to take is a game where uh, we're, say we're playing, uh, I'm trying to remember all, all of our opponents next year, but say we're playing uh, at Baltimore and it's 38, 38 and Baker gets the ball to drive down and, and get us into the field goal position, throws an interception. You got a Marcus Mariota who's his backup now. Right, and we, and we lose the game because of that. The Twitter is going to go nuts and be like, "Marcus Mariota needs to be in there." Marcus Mariota needs to be right, in there. Um, and and that's and exactly else, what. You
0: know who else is going to do that? Is going to be the players who mm-hmm. are always thinking, "What if?" Well, well, should I really be out here putting my body on the line for this team when they don't believe in this guy? Why don't we just hold off and wait and see what they're going to decide to do? Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I don't think that's a good, I think the, the most logical choice that's best for the Cleveland Browns for Andrew Berry would be go all in on Baker Mayfield. Um, a lot of people talk about his contracts too. Uh, Ryan Grayson. Gr- Grayson. Did I say that right? I probably mispronounced his name. Um, this is exactly how he handled Andrew Locke and his contract. It's no different. I posted it on Twitter, um, and he is in the year of Andrew Barry. So, if we have a franchise quarterback, Andrew Berry sitting setting perfect this year. It's fine-tune the team, build around Baker, let him get strong. He'll finally be in the same system for the third year, and let's see what he can do. And worst-case scenario, let's say Baker doesn't work out. Then Andrew Barry can pick his anybody he wants because he'll have the draft capital, he'll have the team built, and he'll have the money. And then he can go after anybody he wants. I so just don't see Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry seems to be staying in that 23- to 26-year-old range veteran player at every other position. I just don't know that he would change to go quarterback because once he makes a quarterback move, that's it. He's not getting a second chance if it's wrong.
3: So. <laughs>
1: We had a Facebook comment. Alicia says, I say, keep Baker one more year. What's the worst that can happen? Um, you, you know, Alicia, I, I'm with you. I'm with her. I'm, and Chad, you're talking the same thing. I was, after the Steelers game, I was very confused in my thoughts. And what I came up with because I wasn't sure that I wanted to to bring Baker back after that Steelers game. I was mad. I was upset. I was confused. Um, I didn't know what direction we were going to go. There's a lot of things that were unknown, but what I came up with, I, I think that I was basing my opinion on Baker Mayfield. That was hurt all the way. You know, he got hurt week two against the Houston Texans. You know, you look at the second half of last year, Awesome numbers. High completion percentage. Took us to the playoffs, something we haven't done in forever. (laughs) Since 1994 or something. No. 94. uh, We won a playoff game. 2002. Yeah. Something we haven't – we're not in the playoffs lot, so he he does that. Game one against the the Kansas City Chiefs, he he put up 320-something yards. Yeah, he threw an an interception at the end. Dan Sorensen tripped him up, and you you can argue – that was why he threw the interception. But even after that, Baker put up some solid numbers, but as the season progressed and he got even more hurt, I, I, I I think that's what happened, man. And I don't want to let a guy go like you'd said this earlier, Chad, we better be damn sure that Baker Mayfield is not the guy before you trade him. Because Mikey P you and I talked about this last week. The San Diego Chargers had Drew Brees. They drafted Phillip Rivers. Drew Brees hurt his shoulder, and we looked it up. It was a torn labrum in his throwing nope. shoulder. Same injury, different shoulder. They trade him to, to New Orleans. He, he goes there, has an amazing career, Hall of Famer, won the Super Bowl. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm. Not, we said on last week's show, we're not comparing Baker Mayfield to Drew Brees. That's not what nope. we're doing. Yep. But you I'm just saying – in your example, if he goes to Washington and makes the playoffs the next seven out of eight years, and we're left still, you know, adding names to that Browns jersey, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be pissed, you. you know, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to watch any Washington games because every, every game they're going to be talking about the one the Browns let get away. So yeah. Alicia, Chad, Mikey, I'm with you guys. I think that you know, Baker's going to have his surgery on January the 19th, you know, let him come back healthy. I I think there's something special in Baker Mayfield. I really do. I think there's something special to him. And I just believe he's a good quarterback. You know, he was a first round selection, a number one overall pick. You know, he, he he got dealt a, a crappy hand in my opinion, you know, with the leadership that we had in place when he, you know, came into our organization, most quarterbacks would have been ruined. And, who knows? Everyone we might have ruined Baker Mayfield. We don't know at this point. But you I, I want to give I, him a shot. I want to see. And I, I don't want to find out if he's a good quarterback in a Washington Commander's uniform or whatever their name's going to be. I, I want to see it happen in our uniform. I want to find out just, what we got in that kid.
0: Um, When you look at the – when you, I don't know if you guys seen that where I posted like from 2010 to 20 – or no, I think I it might have been even longer than that. All the first-round quarterbacks that were taken. And how difficult it is for them. I mean, think about it. His first year, he gets Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson says, you're not even going to play. Dude, I went to the very first training camp with Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor. I know People can say I don't know anything about football. That's fine. I know a lot about football. And I can tell you that you could see the difference. Tyrod Taylor wasn't even in the same class as Baker Mayfield. And that was his first day at training camp. Um, he goes through that. And he ever once again, everybody, Hugh Jackson, you're buy in, we're keeping it, we're keeping you, we're keeping HBO you Hard
1: Knocks, yeah,
0: the whole nine yards. You know, this is the, this is mm-hmm. my boss and the whole thing, and um, and I'm like, what was that? So Baker gets through that little stint, all right, and gets Greg Williams. Holy smokes, man, here we go, and it, we and nobody asked Baker Mayfield to, to change after Hugh got fired. Greg Williams like go be Baker Mayfield, go be the player that we drafted, and that's what he did. And after that, we're giving you Fred and Ryan Lindley. Are you kidding me? Ryan Lindley and Ryan quarterback coach. Yeah, Ryan Lindley's going to teach Baker Mayfield how to be a quarterback in the NFL. I was like, are you absolutely kidding me? You know, and then. When that absolutely goes south, and what a year that was. And this is, you know, and and Baker Mayfield's like, what the hell, I just want to win football games. And then we bring in Kevin Stefanski, who I absolutely love. And Alex Van Pelt, who says, you know what, Baker? I'm changing everything that got you drafted number one. I mean, could you imagine that's your first four years in the NFL? No. To go through that? And then still be able to take a football team to a playoff during a pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, now I love Baker Mayfield. There ain't no doubt about it. I got Baker Mayfield everywhere and every, but I love the Cleveland Browns way more than I'll ever love Baker Mayfield. This is the Cleveland Browns are my football team till the day I die. I am as loyal as a person can get. Now I'm also loyal to Baker Mayfield. I've watched every game this kid's played from from the very first game of his career till the last one multiple times. And he loves Cleveland. He wants to be here. He wants to change the culture. So when I see all the fans that are upset with even calling names and I'm like, "Wait a minute, man. Do you guys not
2: remember Brock
0: Osweiler?" Seriously?
2: Mm-hmm. Seneca Wallace and yeah, Virgin Win,
1: Charlie
0: Whitehurst.
1: Oh gosh,
0: seriously, forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, and one season we had eight different quarterbacks in one season because I charted them all, and it it was the whole Carson Wentz thing. And so why not listen? Why not stand behind the guy, supporting him? At the end of the day, Andrew Berry is smarter than I will ever be. Any of us watching this, talking on this. Andrew Barry is on another level when it comes to intelligence. Let him do his job. Support the decisions that he makes. And he's going to make decisions I don't like. I'll say, ah, I don't really like that decision. But I don't ever want Andrew Barry to be not the GM of the Cleveland Browns because I finally think that they've got somebody who doesn't let emotion guide his decisions. And he doesn't care what the media says or what he don't even pay attention to that stuff.
2: No, no. And I think this year's you know the the eight and nine finish. I mean, there's literally a couple different things bounce different ways, and this team's is a wild card team. I mean, one game. Like to put it all like when people put the whole season solely on Baker Mayfield, that's factually incorrect. Like there was times where the defense, I mean, the defense caught fire near the end of the season. Um, there were times when receivers dropped balls, we had fumbles during key games, uh, missed field goals, field goals that cost us games. The uh, the defense not showing up early in a few games, um, that really cost us some, you know, some bad calls. And, and that's that's the way football is like, it's, it's yeah. the, the, the margin for error is is razor thin in the NFL, like, there. Like a lot of people look at a team, the best team in the league, and then the team that's in the middle, or maybe six ones away, and there's like the margin of error is like so slim. It's not that huge. It's not that big, and no, nope. we just didn't have things. It was like a culmination of things. Like at times the offense let us down. Times the special teams let us down. Times the defense let us down. That happens enough. I mean, the COVID game. I mean, right. Uh, oh. That that just happens. I mean, unfortunately, I it happens, but.
0: I think OBJ hurt the locker room a little bit. And I'm not saying OBJ personally. because I, I honestly don't know no. if he asked his dad to do that. His dad just did it on his own. Either way, the younger players love OBJ. Why would they not? My God, he was gifted them stuff every day. Free shoes, right. sweatshirts, which he gets all that stuff for free and just turns around and hands it out to everybody. I think yeah. you go in expecting one thing, and halfway through, you don't – and I think I think it I think it hurt the locker room a little bit, and it's going to take a minute for them to recover from that.
2: Yeah, that that took a while, and and and, and from the time, if you go back and look at, it, and you said like you you listen and you open your eyes, and as I was going back through it, and from the time he was traded here, and uh, I think Cleveland fans wanted it to work out more than OBJ ever did. Like,
0: oh yeah, well, the guy every that- chance
2: he could get was back in California, like.
0: Well, like the writing was on
2: the wall, he wanted to be in California, even to the point where Devontae Adams even threw him under the bus this year. He said, "I I had him coming to Green Bay and getting paid handsomely, and uh, he took the minimum just to go to L.A."
0: Well, his girlfriend, who's his, his pregnant girlfriend, he's going to be a dad. Congratulations, mm-hmm. OBJ. Uh, lives in L.A. and he told Jay Glazer, "Look, I can make more money off the field in Los Good. Angeles than I can anywhere else. That's where he wanted so, to be. That's where he wanted to be." You know, and nobody's expecting him to be anything for the Rams. Um, mm-hmm. It's the Cooper Cup show, and then OBJ's there. And and I mean, good for him. You know, if that's what he wanted and he's happy with it, then good for him.
1: Get, so. Getting getting back to to Baker Mayfield, Chad. One of the arguments that I I heard on on Spaces. I don't know if you've been on there on Twitter. No. But but one of what well, something I've there. heard repeatedly <laughs> is they they would say okay i get that baker mayfield was hurt uh you know his shoulder uh, you know maybe it affected him as a quarterback but what were his eyes injured you know they they they're talking about his reads you know we we all saw the pittsburgh steelers game that was maybe his his worst game ever probably of his career um is baker mayfield broken i mean you, you know because he, he a lot of times i did say see that maybe he wasn't making the proper reads or he wasn't going through his progressions or you know he's throwing the 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 ball downfield when there's a receiver right in front of him that's wide open he wasn't making those throws what what would you say to to that argument
0: that he was extremely frustrated and made mistakes and he's a mm-hmm. human being Mm -hmm. he's a human being he's a human being just like you are and i am and everybody else and we hold these guys to a standard that sometimes isn't obtainable for people uh he was frustrated he wants to win he wants to win for cleveland he doesn't want to be booed and and he doesn't want to have people talking bad about him. he's never never had that i mean look at what he did at ou every receiver that he had went on to uh be a first round pick or a top player i mean you know that's he doesn't want He doesn't want to hurt the Cleveland Browns, you know? And I, I've, I've seen that before. And, and you know what? Sometimes guys have bad games, and he's had some bad games. But the difference is, is can he then bounce back and, and make some correct decisions? And when you have a torn labrum, and I don't know what a torn labrum is like. I, I know what having no cartilage in my shoulders are like, because that's what's wrong with me. But you have shooting pain running through your body while you're out there trying to give it 110%. Um, and then you throw a perfect ball and the guy drops it. I mean, it's got to get defeating after a while, too. And I'm not putting it on the wide receiver court because Baker did have bad football games. And he made mistakes. But he also made great plays, too. And I think Baker's going to have to figure out um, you know, how do I fix to where I don't let a mistake? Because that used to be one of the selling points to Baker Mayfield. He got thrown an interception. It's gone. Look at the Falcons game where he just lit them up in the second half. Through this process of change, 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 a little bit of Baker Mayfield's been taken each time. Now it's up to Stefanski and AB to build this team around him and get him back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you invest in is what he's already shown you through absolute dysfunction. I mean, seriously, how many quarterbacks are rookie year have their head coach using the special teams coordinator to spy on the offensive coordinator that happened in Cleveland Baker had to that Baker had to deal with that his first year in the NFL. You know, there's a reason why Sam Darnold's not on the Jets anymore. Josh Rosen's not on the on the Cardinals anymore. And how many other quarterbacks could we go through that went? Mm-hmm. It's because they couldn't overcome kind of dysfunction. Baker had to overcome massive dysfunction. So that's just maybe I'm being overdramatic too. But. No,
2: I mean I also look at it this way. When I, I, I'm thinking about my myself, when I've gone to work and I've been in pain, like sick, battling through the flu, battling through a cold, not feeling good. My back hurts. And I'm just thinking about myself. I'm like, I can honestly say I have made mistakes on those days when I've been there, like, because I'm not yeah. my, I'm not my best self. And when people say, well, if you're, if you're healthy enough to play, then you're healthy. That's that's not always, that's not always correct. No. Um, I once played in a softball game and I, I could not hit the ball. The, uh, I could not pull the ball. I could only hit it opposite field because my shoulder would pop out of its joint. Like, and guess what? It was probably the worst season I ever played as a softball player. Worst season ever. But it was because right. of injury. Like, injuries are, are injuries play a factor, and for fans to not understand that and and uh, that it does affect play and it will affect other things like seeing the field. Like, if you're in pain, maybe you're making rash decisions. Your footwork gets gets discombobulated. There's things you're trying to do just because like uh, there was that video that everyone broke down where Baker ended up taking a sack in that Pittsburgh in the game. And uh, I forget who the receiver, I think it was DPJ, was open in the middle of the field. Wide open, yep, yeah. And they were like, well, why didn't he just pull that? And I'm like, maybe physically at that point he could not make that throw. He might no, not have been able he, to get that throw out. Like he already been.
0: And he had already been blasted how many times before that because uh, Watt was out there just eating up uh Hudson Hudson. (laughs) yeah I mean just eating him alive um (laughs) and 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 I'm sorry uh, let's be realistic how many times do you want to get hit by what let's let's be real I understand they're NFL players (laughs) when they
3: aren't
0: they aren't immune to pain just like we're
2: not immune to pain correct you get
0: hit a couple times man it's going to shake
2: you facts did the two of you guys watch I'm, – I'm assuming both of you guys watched the end of the uh, – Ra- or watch the Raiders-Chargers game Sunday night, correct? I, I had to go to bed. I didn't get to see the very end. Justin Herbert is considered one of the elite-level quarterbacks. He wasn't – he didn't look elite when Max Crosby was eating his right tackle's lunch and just shoving him back into the quarterback. Like, at some point, that stuff is – it's hard to overcome. If you – if your tackle is just getting demolished and your internal clock – is already thinking and processing everything anyways. But then, like, you start uh, seeing pressure even sometimes. It's not even there because you're just used to it and you know that it's probably coming. Right. Um, I mean, Herbert even the other night was rushed, rushed some throws and, and wasn't standing in there. That, that stuff gets to people. Uh, yeah, and he's it happens. Not injured. And, like, people forget, like, Big Ben was abysmal last year. And, and he's probably going to go down as a Hall of Fame quarterback. But nope. after he hurt his his shoulder, his elbow, he hurt his elbow. I'm like, not the same quarterback. No, no. can't make and the I, same throws.
0: So that that's kind of where and and Ben's not been asked to change his system by f- his first four no. years by six different people and Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley, <laughs> I still can't I still can't get over that that guy had influence on. Our quarterback. It's,
2: I mean, he started a playoff game one time, didn't he? Where he played in a playoff game, I think one time when uh, I, I, was it Carson yeah, Palmer? Yeah, uh, his, injured for God' my Lord! Him. His
0: numbers were terrible. <laughs> so not a good quarterback. No, and then even then, I mean, even Josh Allen, it took him three years in the same system before he started finally looking like you know, okay, we might have something here. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, this is all. This is only Baker's second year, first year pandemic. Um, change everything about how you do second year first game comes out blows it up I mean my god dude honest to god I was like I've never seen an offense move the football that easy in my entire life is what the Browns were doing at that point in time and then once he got hurt and then you started seeing but even then look at what he did against the Chargers if the Browns defense doesn't give up 26 points in the fourth quarter against the Chargers we win that football game right you know
1: yeah. And, and it's easy just to pile everything on on Baker Mayfield. There's a lot of problems with this football team this year. We've we had injuries, oh, yeah. you know, Chubb Chubb missed some some time. Dream um, yep. Hunt, he missed what? Eight games, something like that. Yeah. COVID um, game. COVID game. OBJ is gone, you know. We don't have no longer have a deep threat. We just have a bunch of young receivers now. No real People yeah. tried to blame
2: play calling at one point on Stefanski. Like, why aren't we re- aren't running the ball more? And if you look at you know uh, runs versus pass last year versus uh, the year before, it's it's a difference of ten.
3: Right. Well, everybody, that yeah, everybody, that's basically yeah. was
2: like we're we're throwing the ball too much. It was like we threw the ball ten more times this year than we did last year.
0: Yeah, this is Stefanski's offense. It is what it is. And I know, i just touch on that real quick, too. A lot of people say Stefanski needs to give up play calling. Okay, here's when Stefanski can give up play calling. When that offense is humming. Because that's not a save-my-job move then. it's Then it's, I'm giving up play calling because the offense is where I want it, and I can now focus on other things. But until the day comes that that offense is humming, if he gives up play calling now, it's one foot out the door. It's right. Matt
2: and Aggie. It's and Matt rules doing the same thing now. Like he's firing assistants and bringing in like, that's basically you're you're saying I'm making this change. This is I've been told this is my this next year is make it or break it. Um, yep. And yeah, and do we want
0: Hugh, do we want Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley all over again? <laughs> I mean, we've already been down all these roads. That's how that's how that's how sad it is. At sometimes we have been down all these roads with the Browns. We've been down. Fire a guy one bad game. Fire a guy after giving him too long. Uh, we kept Hugh too long. Then mm-hmm. we forced him to have an OC. <laughs> Let's just let this ride out. Let's, we have extremely intelligent men running this football team right now. And women. There are women involved in this. Right. I don't want to single that out. Um, we have. Ex, ex, I, I shouldn't have said that. We have extremely intelligent people running this organization for the first time in a long time. And everybody's feeding off. We already lost a, We already lost the coach today. Yep. Uh,
2: to Deep, assistant defensive line coach went to be the yeah. defensive line coach at uh, Liberty.
0: Teams aren't taking bad coaches. That, you, you don't do that. Um, so I think I, I, I still believe in my heart, and I don't know nothing. I don't have any connection or whatever. I don't know sh- nothing about this. That it's been a three-year plan from the start with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. It's always been that. Offense first, let's get let's get a foundation built on the offense. Let's get a foundation built on the defense. Let's allow Kevin Stefanski to become a head coach. And let's allow Joe Woods to become a defensive coordinator in a system that he wasn't running in Denver. And which I thought at the end of the year, I thought Joe Woods was starting to make some real nice progress as a, as a defensive coordinator. The players love him. I don't want to break any of that chemistry up. It's no. not one more year. You know, and I know it's like I've waited 40 years for the Browns to be good. Well, you know, yeah, I know. I've waited a long time too. I'm sorry. I don't want it to be like this. I wish you could just go from draft a quarterback to the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? In the last 20 years, that's happened uh, twice, uh, three times. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, Jared Goff, and uh, Mahomes. And all three were drafted to teams that had winning records before they went there. Nobody's, I mean, taking yeah. an, you know, nobody's taking an, 0 in, or a 1-31 football team to the Super Bowl in four years. It's it, That's not how this works with three different head coaches, two different GMs, multiple, everything else. The other thing that we've got, Kevin has to learn how to do about being a head coach because he's never been a head coach. Um, we're running into it right now. Look at the training staff, the soft tissue issues uh, that, that they're talking about. These are the things that Kevin the has to learn how to do on top of every other job that he has. Um, and, and it, th- it's going to take a second to build this the right way, instead of building it on a house of cards that falls down in a couple of
2: years, which
0: none of us, I don't think we really want that again.
1: No. Well,
2: I, I guarantee I can almost guarantee. And just from mentioning, I heard John Johnson said this, uh, like they're, they're probably going to bring in a sports. This, this is, I don't definitively know that they're bringing this, but I've just seen things that uh, a lot of teams that dealt with soft tissue have brought in a sports scientist, basically. Um, right. Um, like they they start instituting yoga into their program, um, different things. Um, so you know, I think after seeing all that, they'll definitely make some some changes. And that's the one thing I trust about this organization: they're very calculated. They're not going to yep. make rash decisions. Nope. Um, and they will weigh and look for ways uh, to make this team better. And, and just from the guy kind of at the, you know, at the top of the pyramid, you know Paul D. Podesta, like yeah you he's talk a about process that... he's a process improvement type of person. like he everyone's like, oh he's not the, he's not a t- he's not a true talent. He's not a talent evaluator even at baseball or football. He, he looks for ways that you implement processes and you can make improvements no matter where you're at, either if it's in your scouting department. Right. Your player personnel, your, your coaching staff, he's always looking for, for new ways to, to improve and make things better. And that's what I love about this organization is not this, you know, we don't have to have a coach that comes in and says, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to chew nails and spit fire (laughs) and we're going to bite kneecaps off. Like we've, we've, we've had all that. It, it, It doesn't work. It's great at the, uh, I mean, yeah, it makes you feel good as a person. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll run through a wall for that guy. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. after a while. We're bringing I, in
1: some MMA guys and we're going <laughs> to.
2: That's right. You know, I mean, prime example, like today, not to go off top, Joe Judge, had, they played his introductory conference where he was talking about, you know, we're never going to give in, we're never going to surrender. And then they cut that and edited it to them running a quarterback sneak on third and nine from the five-yard line. Like, yeah. that, that kind of stuff sounds great and for those football guys, but. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 about you know, are you able to look at things, make changes, and 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 improve your process, improve the process. That's it. Yeah, and and then like
0: like Coach Stefanski says, embrace the suck.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: we we got we got to do this. We've got to do this process a certain way so that we don't end up being the same old Browns. And the part is is, is that the process isn't always fun. There's going to be some ugly parts. We were a little spoiled making it to the playoffs the very first year. But if you take this year and flip it with last year, we're excited about the future.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right.
0: We are excited. But both years still happened. It just happened. It didn't go the way we thought it was going to go.
1: No. And
0: while the pandemic was uh, it hurt us all, it helped Kevin Stefanski a little bit. It also hurt him a little bit, but it helped him that every team was on more of like an equal playing field, I think, and nobody really knew what was coming at them, and Mm -hmm. they made adjustments, and they still could. And I still go back to if Schwartz doesn't stop on that route and that ball's not picked off, we're talking about a completely different football team this
2: year. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and I doubt you'll ever see Baker again. Uh. <laughs> nah, he'll never do that again. <laughs> That'll never happen.
1: Well, it's going to be a long off season. We have a, a lot of hours, a lot of time to talk about this, a lot of episodes to talk about um, all the, the goings-on with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Chad Patterson, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks, um guys. I'd like to give you a chance to, to give yourself a plug. Where can the listeners find you on social media and how can they get their hands on this article? Because we talked a lot about it, but I, trust me, do yourself a favor, find this article, wherever Chad tells you, you know, where you can find it, but, but give it a read. It's a good read and you'll get a lot out of it. But, um, I want to give you the floor, Chad.
0: Uh, I'm, I am strictly on, I, I do have an Instagram page, but I don't do nothing on it, but I'm, I'm, hundred percent on Twitter at Chad P 71. Um, when I get done here, I'll make sure that it's pinned to my profile page so everybody can find it easy and, and uh, give it a read. And um, I love feedback. Uh, enjoy it as long as it's uh, a cordial and a discussion that makes both of us uh, think about what we're talking about and uh, anything that can make us better people or fans or whatever in our lives. That's, that's my goal. Is to to help everybody be better and then to have people help me be better as well so
1: well man thank you so much for coming on the show mikey p any final be sure. thoughts before we land this plane
2: no i just want to you know this is kind of the end of uh season two and my first season with you i just want to you know thanks you know for having me as your co-pilot all season it's been a blast we've had a lot of fun we've we've done some new stuff we've had great guests and you know, talking to Browns, like, you know, I'm, I'm a fan first and foremost. I, I love this team. Um, I love everything about them. Like, you know, I've been through the one in 31 and, and bad stuff. And, and the reason why I do it and put the time and effort into it is that one day, hopefully, you know, we can raise that Lombardi trophy and celebrate together. Cause, uh, that'll be an awesome time. And I will probably cry, uh, like a like a little baby on that day I'm just gonna forward. oh my gosh
1: that. <laughs> I, I'll be right there with you
0: <laughs> can you imagine? we earned it we earned
2: it <laughs> oh I'm We're crying just,
0: yeah I mean it ain't like the bucks we didn't right. go out and buy it we earned it
2: yes so. exactly that happens I'm I i do not know what about I I, I I tell uh Jason this all the time I, mean, I, I I I cried the night the Cavs won the NBA tra- championship so I, I don't even know what my Emotions would be if the when the Browns won a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I still get people getting mad. I'm not a huge basketball guy, but I actually watched that game and I actually like Kyrie Irving. So, like I said, I get, I yeah, it's fun. But yeah, I mean, how could you not? And look at what it did for the city of Cleveland. I love Cleveland. Um, I, that's my problem, man. I, I loyalty and love for this is like family, you know, and. <laughs> You know, God, can you imagine when we finally do it? And we're going to. I think, I honestly believe Andrew Barry is the is the right guy for the job. That's going to mm-hmm. really turn this around.
1: And Alicia it. says, "I'll bring the tissues when that <laughs> happens." <So>.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, well,
1: awesome guys! I like to end all the podcasts with the Go Browns. So if you'll join me uh, on the count of three: one, two,
3: three. Go brown. Go